0: Lord, we, uh, we come before you now to sit under your word as the authority over our lives. We pray that you will give us insight and understanding as we explore uh, this short passage from 2 Corinthians 5. We pray that you will give us everything we need to understand this well. And we pray that you will drive the truths of this passage home to our hearts so that we uh, will be transformed this morning as your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21, and I'm reading from the CSB. Um, so if you've got your Bibles with you, please read along with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, as we reflect on uh, the Christmas season approaching, uh, the reality is that Christmas time is a time in our lives where we can be tempted to swap um, what's really going on in our lives for a kind of sentimental hallmark version of who we are. You know, Christmas time is a time when we put up the Christmas tree, we make it look all pretty and nice, and we kind of pretend that it's not a piece of plastic or the corpse of a once vibrant plant. It's a time in our lives where we suspend the difficulties we face day to day and pretend that the deep relational issues in our families don't actually exist, at least for as long as we are seated around the Christmas lunch table. We look uh, to the Christmas cards and we see the baby, meek and mild, who, according to the Christmas carol, silent light, no crying he makes. And we pretend that we haven't really crazily run around the shops hunting for the perfect gift this year because we don't want our family members to be disappointed once again with a new iron or vacuum. But the reality is that the hallmark version of Christmas just isn't reality. It's not true, is it? No matter how hard we pretend that everything in life is just fine during Christmas time, The reality is that it's not. Uncle John and Aunt Margaret, they're still going through the messy divorce, even though everyone just smiles at the table. You know that no matter how good your gift is, eventually it will break and stop being as valued as much as it is today. Or even if it doesn't, the sense of um, newness that it's given you passes away. Every good thing of Christmas loses its kind of shine after a while. And this drives us then the next year to do the same thing all over again and pretend that all is well when really it isn't. So why is that? Why is it that we have this deep desire to cover up the fact that things just aren't actually that good? They might be good, but they're not perfect. Why is it that we need to pretend that all is well and all is calm. Why is it that even our very best gifts from the shop stop being good after a while? Why don't they keep satisfying that craving in our hearts? The answer that the Bible gives to this is that the world is broken and it's messy. If we're honest with ourselves, most of us instinctively know this. We know and feel that there is something inherently wrong with the way things are we all know that deep down things don't work as they should the world doesn't quite work the way it's supposed to and the bible says the reason for this is that the world is broken the way the world's supposed to work is it's broken because of sin the whole world and the way the world is supposed to work is broken by human beings who had the authority and kind of spiritual headship over the world and decided with that to walk away from god and so they wrecked the way the world's supposed to work. Our forefathers, our our great-great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, said, you know what? I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to live by my own rules. I don't need you, God, to interfere. I know what's best for me. I'm going to have that fruit. I am free. I do what I want. I live how I want. And the ongoing consequences of that choice is that all of us do that too. We live in a, a life that says to God at various different points and in various different ways that I know what's best for me. I don't want to live like you want me to. I am going to go my own way. And all of this has the effect that humanity's sin has broken the world. The letter to the Romans in the Bible puts it this way. In, in chapter 8, verse 22, uh, Paul writes Therefore, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labour pains until now. Even the earth groans under the weight of all of this brokenness. It is in pain and it hurts. But it's not just the world out there that hurts, it's the world inside us too, isn't it? Our lives don't really work the way they're supposed to. You can work as hard as you like at your job for many years and then get overlooked for a promotion even though you deserve it. Why? Because the world is broken. The reason suffering exists is because the world is broken. The reason a husband and wife who just got married, you know, a year ago, after a year, start annoying each other, is because the world is broken because of sin. They are sinful people. And the reason that you and I can't even live up to the moral standards we set for ourselves, let alone what God says for us in Scripture, is because we are broken. And the reason why we want another present after the new present wears off is because we're trying to cover up that brokenness with something new and shiny. But it doesn't satisfy us because it can't. Our hearts are looking to connect to something that is much more beautiful than the latest bracelet from Tiffany's. Our hearts are aching to connect with someone much greater than our marriage partners. Our hearts are yearning for a gift that is so much more significant than the clothes iron you got for Christmas last year. We want to connect with God. We need it. We deeply desire it at the very core of our being because we were made to be in a relationship with him. We want to connect with God. But we can't. And we can't because our sin has eternally separated us from God. And there's actually nothing we can do about it. No matter how hard we try, we cannot fix this root-core problem. Sin doesn't go away. It is a constant throughout all generations, throughout all the ages, and it's the one problem with all the ingenuity that God has given man that we cannot fix. We need someone to fix it for us. We can't fix sin because we need a sin fixer, someone to come and redeem the world, someone to redeem us. And that, friends, is why Christmas is so important. That is why Christmas is so important. And we we actually sing of this deep longing that we have every Christmas time in what I consider to be the most magnificent of all the Christmas carols, O Holy Night. The song says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he, that is Jesus, appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. When Jesus comes, the old order of things has passed away. And that sin problem that we have had for all of human history, finally, has a solution. Jesus is the gift given in the form of a baby who breaks through the barrier that sin causes between us and God. Jesus is God in flesh come to fix our sin problem. Friends, Jesus, when he came, he came, he was born in a stable. He came to be the true king of the world. He came not so that we can celebrate with gifts and not so that we can spend billions of dollars on presents, and not so that we can have a holiday at the end of the year, but he came with a mission to fix that problem that for long lay the world in sin and error pining. He came to redeem us. And that is why when we think of Christmas, we have to stop thinking just of the cradle and realize that Jesus came all the way to come to the cross. He did actually grow up. He didn't just stay a baby. And he lived a perfect life as an adult human being to stand and die in our place on the cross, to take our sin on his shoulders and to save us. We need at Christmas time to remember that Jesus needed to move from the cradle to the cross. And then he invites us to to turn to him. And if you're not a believer with us today, can I urge you to take this step today? Maybe to talk to the person who invited you to come along today uh, to join us because you need to explore who this Jesus is. You need to turn your heart to him, accept him as your Lord and Saviour too because you need saving. You cannot fix your own sin problem. You have to leave the Jesus of the cradle and see Jesus on the cross. You need a Redeemer. Have you turned to Him? Because you know, when you do, Scripture <coughs> me—Scripture tells us that you become someone new entirely. This is what our text tells us this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, they've, they've given their life to God, they've said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want you to stand in my place too. If you are in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. Do you want to be a new creation? Someone who doesn't have to pretend to be okay at Christmas time you want to be a person who can face the realities of life even though you're going through a difficult time? You can do that if you are in Christ. Because your bigger and more serious problem, that is sin and separation between you and God, has been taken care of by Christ. Do you want to be free from the burden of having to make Christmas a hallmark moment every year? you want to change from hate to love and from greed to gifted and from despair into, I assume it says hope on the other side? Then come to Jesus. Come and lay your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet and find yourself made new. Because when the baby grows up, from cradle and goes to the cross and that gets applied to your life, then truly a new and glorious morn has broken for you as well. Come to Jesus and lay your deadly doing down and find yourself made new. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you offer this new life to us. New life where we can uh, live with the tension between this current reality where suffering is still true without having to pretend that it doesn't exist. Where we know that you've given us a solution both now to to our problems now but to the far greater problem we have because of sin in the future as well. Lord, as we consider that one day in the future every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord, we pray that you help us to be on the right side of history. We pray that you will give us the true faith to make you and to accept you as as our Lord and Saviour too. Lord, thank you that you make us new. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.